Harrison, I have a gift for you. It's <laughs> to you, friends. <laughs> I yeah, need no. you to stop the bit. It's not going to happen, Harrison. Every episode, we're going to do something stupid like this. That what's up, everybody? Welcome to the to the Fulcrum Entertainment Podcast. That that if you jumped, if you sat through that horrible, horrible thirty seconds of comedy, then yeah, we thank you. Uh, yeah, my name is Gilbert. I am joined by, of course, by my buddy Harrison. Uh, what's up, Harrison? Hey, I am very good, very good, and also very happy to see that uh, Mr. Action has said that Mrs. Drama is in the house. Which is nice. Normally we don't get both of them, but uh, oh, we've got the full couple today. Or is she, or is she out of the apartment, Mister Action? Foreign. Yes, Mister Action. That's true. We have four nerds. So if you guys have noticed, <laughs> the two people who are sitting below us, we have we have a couple of new friends, just like we did last week with Rachel. We now have two friends straight from the galaxy far, far away. We have Ben Skywalker and Jan Solo. Uh, what's up, guys? Go ahead and say hi to everybody, and just introduce yourself. Say what's up. Ben, after you. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, Ben, glad to be here on the show. Good to get good, good to be invited. Hopefully we get invited back at some point. We'll find out at the end of this one. But uh, yeah, we're so excited to join you guys today and, and talk about what a wonderful episode that we've been gifted with. Uh, this this one really knocked my socks on. So I off, not on, maybe on, on. too, but off. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and Jan, how about you? What you, did you think of the episode? I, well, first of all, uh, thanks very much for having us. We're super excited to be Absolutely. here. Um, we, we love what you guys do, and we haven't been on many other shows, and it's a big deal for us to get invited. So um, so thanks for having us. And yeah, what a good episode for us to be talking about tonight. Um, we got a full hour, pretty much, of really, really good content. I, I was just tweeting earlier this week that I think it's top-tier Star Wars. I really do. So excited to dig into it with you guys. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, all right. So I'm actually going to ask you real quick before you even get into it. Was it better or worse than the first episode? Like I heard a lot of people on Twitter being like, mm. first episode, I wanted more. I'm like, so what did, what did you guys think? Did it, did it do more than the first episode did? Or is it like right on? I'm going to say how oh, this is going to sound like politically correct. And I hate to do this, but like it, it wouldn't have been as good if you didn't have the stage set from episode one. So can you say it's really better? Well, maybe if you can say you liked it more, but it wouldn't have been good if you didn't have kind of the stage set from the first episode, like like getting a uh, flip uh, in there. Like you needed to to see her the first time around you know, before you saw her the second episode and understood a little bit of that context. So I will say it was better because of what episode one did. All right. Yep. Yeah. That works for me. I'll, I'll say that. Um, so you guys are, I think, fans of the comic books. And since especially since we got involved with Braxium, um, our bros at Braxium have really helped get us up to speed about comic books. And one of the things that we've learned is the discipline of enjoying uh, one little snapshot of something and then knowing that in a week or a month or whatever, you'll get the next bit of the story. And I think mm -hmm. that that's kind of what I was left with after that first episode was anticipation of like, all right, what are we teeing up? What's going to come next? What was really important about this one that's going to show up a little bit later. Um, but I'll say all that to say, I do think that this one was better in a few different ways. I think there's a lot of good payoffs and excitement and action and stories going in cool directions. So, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really pumped about this one. Absolutely. Here, I like this comment the best. It says, yes, yeah, better, but if you watch them together, it's a Star Wars wow moment. Which yes. I'm, yes. I would absolutely yeah. agree. I'm going to say that once we're, I'm going to make it my prediction right now, as soon as the entire series is over, it's going to be like an eight hour Star Wars wow moment. 
Yeah, and, and, and this okay. might be the, like the first act of it, uh, chapters one and two. And those might go together really nicely going forward. We'll see. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's go I ahead. Think that's a very good go way ahead. of thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Harrison. Yeah, you, you, you want to say something real quick? Yeah, no, saying it as a, as a first act, I think that is a really good way of saying it. Um, I have to admit, I was disappointed by the first episode. I did kind of have that kind of, well, I feel like I'm really left out. And what uh, Press Play Streaming Studios uh, said in the comments is exactly what I was thinking, was that I think the way to fix it for me is to watch them together. Um, mm -hmm. Although I think, I'm glad you brought up the action, because I do think there is some significant kind of technical differences between the episodes that I think makes one better than the other. But we can discuss in further detail later. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's jump right. Let's yeah. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. So, uh, first of all, let me just say I love all these scenes with with in Jabba's palace. Like it's great to see him sitting on that throne. I'm, I'm going to say it again. Not a chance in hell that Jabba ever sat on that throne for real. <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome, and I love how we get this opening part of like they're interrogating this dude. The was it the the Midnight Wind or or, or, or no, Night Wind Assassin of the Night yeah, said literally right there on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Assassin of the Night Wind. I like how they're it's, it's or interrogating him, and he's you know I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk. They threatened to feed him to the freaking Rancor. I was almost kind of hoping there was a Rancor in there for like for real. I was hoping it was like Moochie or something. We we talked about that, and and I think most of us didn't think that there was actually going to be one, but there was still that you know probably what the Assassin guy was going through that moment of like oh but maybe there is maybe and, I'm and in a lot of trouble here. <laughs> And this teaches you uh, yep, exactly what Yonder said, but this teaches you something that there's more a fear of a, a rancor and death by rancor than there is of death by knife. There is something about that that'll get him to talk, apparently, and break his oath. So something interesting there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. He'd, he'd rather be decapitated by a Gamorrean than eaten. Right. Uh, Which... Harrison, you want to say? Well, it sort of begs the question. I don't know if this is some sort of like extended universe piece of law that I don't know, but is there something truly terrible about being eaten by a rancor you know i mean the sarlacc bit obviously is this idea of like an eternity of suffering right mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. is that the same for the rancor or is it just like nah man it's like five minutes but it's a truly terrible five minutes i mean uh, i don't know about you but i would rather uh, i mean this is getting morbid now but like i i would rather go quickly like take a car crash over getting eaten by an alligator or something like that just you know, so maybe that's all it is. It's like it's it's too slow and painful no matter what way you go if you're eaten. <laughs> I, I, I think the rancor looks like um a creature that plays with its food for a little bit before it eats it. I don't know. And yeah. that can be that can be pretty grotesque. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Chris Ryan's in the comments. Uh first of all, thank you for joining us, Chris. And he says, Yeah, it's it just sucks to be eaten, I think. Well, Said I said much more eloquently. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, so going back to Return of the Jedi, you remember that scene where he's like, oh, where Luke is almost like right up in there. I'm like, yeah, yep. I, I think I'd rather take the quick and painless versus that. Mm -hmm. By the way, can, so, I, can I ask a quick question of you guys real quick? Absolutely. Yeah. So every every shot we've ever seen of Jabba's palace, there's nothing around it. Is that like a tactical thing where he just sort of like posted up somewhere where he can see all around him 360 degrees and so nobody can sneak up on them? Or is it like nobody wants to live near Jabba's palace because it's just, you know, you're, you're going to run into all kinds of trouble. But it, it just seems like it's an outpost somewhere and there's nothing else around it. And there's this one road that leads to it. I think hmm. I think it is a tactical thing. I I, I my theory is it's a couple of things. One, I think it's like a status thing or like a, he mm -hmm. wants it to be clearly seen. So I think that like, you can probably see Jabba's palace from a long yeah. like distance. So it's sort of like you're always in the shadow and you know he's over there controlling as the uh, daimyo. Cool. 
Yeah. And then and then also I imagine it probably makes it a lot easier to control the people inside the palace if there's nowhere to go for a yeah. good long distance around. So like all those Twilight girls he's got kept in there. And to be honest, like mm. half of the people who work for him probably at some point, you know, have done something they realize they've they've pissed Jabba off and they want mm-hmm. to get out of there. Yeah. One way in, one way out. Yeah. yeah. Makes it easier to manage. Basically. Yeah, I, I do kind of like that. That's a good point. That, yeah, like, whereas the rest of the Dune Sea is, like, sand and dunes and a bunch of that, his, he's surrounded by mountains. So, yeah, that could be yeah. a tactical thing. Like, no one's able to get in, like you said, except for that one area, or, like, they can fly into his hangar. But other than that, yeah. 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 Trying to run out, trying to escape from there on foot, you're screwed. Yeah, tactical advantage. Oh, all right. So, Press Play says uh, the fight scenes are really good because of Fennec Shand. Of course, I'm you on this channel. If you know anything about me, I'm absolutely a Fennec Sh- uh, Shand stan. I love her so much. She's awesome. It's the greatest. And so, yeah, I go, let's go ahead and talk about that for a minute. Uh, well, yeah, not that. But what you guys think of? She didn't really have a, very much in this scene, did she? Like, it, well, most of it was like flashbacks and the Tuscans. So, no, I I will say that is the one area where I mean we've got so many more episodes to go and so I'm hoping that we're going to to see a lot more but uh if there's anything that's still left to be desired right now it is more Fennec Shand. Um I think she's had a couple of moments she obviously had her her sequence in the first episode which was uh which was really good um but there hasn't been much character focus or development not like Boba Fett he's the titular character i get it but we need to see more because she's she's the second in command she's the one right next to him so um, i'm hoping that we get more of her from the next few episodes coming out mm. absolutely it is like yeah she is the best i want to see more like you're absolutely just like you said it's boba's story but damn it if i don't want to see more of her because she is just like I don't know. She like she makes it so much better than it w- than it would have been if he's just alone by himself. Like their their whole like partnership thing that they got going on seems like it's a lot cooler and a much better dynamic than just oh I'm Boba I'm a I'm the silent you totally. know mysterious yeah. killer. Like I like that. Now I do think they've done a good job. They will get to this because they've uh, planted a few seeds for us. Uh, there's a, a tension that seems to be building between her and Boba Fett right now in terms of what way should they lead how should they establish their their crime empire and and she sees the predicament that they're in just as much as as boba fett does that their odds of being successful are kind of low at this point and that makes her nervous so mm-hmm. how is that going to play out especially because they they kind of see two opposing forces and and uh directions that they could take in uh climbing to power so could be interesting to see like how that plays out as the story unfolds absolutely and speaking of the of the 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 paths to power let's go ahead and talk about the the giant slug like like the mutant slugs in the room (laughs) that java's cousins which mr action says it the best java has a cousin question mark i'm like i have i didn't know java had cousins like i knew he had a son i knew he had well i knew he had zero but zero died i didn't realize Mm. that he had other cousins and and worse that they were like you know, that tw- they were twins. I, I didn't know any of it. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't think I wanted to know. <laughs> like, I don't want to think about Jabba's family at all. I don't know about you guys. What was the yeah. talk about this? What did you think about this scene? Like, uh, we'll start off with uh, Ben, Jan, and, or Ben, Jan, and then we'll go to Harrison. Uh, I mean, I, I just loved it. I mean, this was one of those things where if I think back to what was so sex- successful about uh, The Mandalorian, it was real quickly early on, introducing us to who eventually we learn is grogu right baby yoda uh uh-huh. and that became such a big 
merchandising point, but uh, such a big plot point that all of a sudden we knew the direction that this was going to take. I feel like that's a bit what this is, maybe on a dif different level, but there are huts involved. Like as soon as you see a hut, you know what that means as a Star Wars fan, just as much as you when you see Yoda, you know what that means as a Star Wars fan. So I feel like this is a bit of that uh, plot device that's similar to the Mand Mandalorian um, and using the huts to kind of drive the plot forward now. Mm hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Jan, how do you how do you feel about it? Um, so I, I, I agree. I hadn't really thought about it in those same terms. Um, and I don't know if they're going to be the only sort of big villains that they're going to face in the series. I feel like it's going to get really complicated really quickly. Um, it was super cool to see them totally unexpected. Um, and one of the things that I'll point out that I really liked about this scene is all the little bits of tension that Favreau and team, um, and who is the director? I got to give the director credit. Steph, Steph um, Green, Steph Green. Um, all the little bits of tension that I thought were really well done. Like the people that are carrying them, you can see them straining and like their knees are almost kind of giving way. Um, I, I can't remember the, the, the hut on the right, you know, but he pulls the little hamster guy out of the basket and the whole time I'm like, ah, Ooh, he's going to bite his head off. What is he going to do? Um, and so, and, and, and not only that, but you know, everybody's sort of got their finger on the trigger. And so you're waiting for this whole thing to explode. And I thought that they just built that tension really nicely. And then of course there is the appearance of a certain Wookiee that, um, you know, I feel like I could, I could hear Chris Ryan's and some other people screaming from my house here when, when that first came on screen. Oh, I, I freaked out. I couldn't believe it. Like when I saw yeah, I saw him turn his head. I'm like, okay, who's going to be the best. Maybe it's going to be Dengar. Maybe it's going to be, nope. It's black Chris Santin. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yes. The if I had one gripe, he's missing his scar. He's supposed to have a big old scar going down his left eye, but you know, Dude, continuity. I, I feel like I, I saw people on Twitter like re like forensically zooming in on the picture trying to find some evidence of a scar. So you're not <laughs> you're not alone in that. All right. So Mr. Action, uh, I know you're yeah, he's here not as much on the comics as we are, but Black Chrysanthemum, he's he is a major uh bounty like well, yeah, he's a major character in the comic books, especially the Dr. Afro ones. Yeah, he's like awesome. Yes, absolutely. You should go read those or go to Star Wars Audio Comics, plug plug. <laughs> But yeah, uh, also what he is, he's basically, he's Chewbacca, but he's so much more badass and, and crazy and evil. And like, if you've ever played KOTOR, he's like that, uh, well, KOTOR 2. He's like that one crazy Wookiee from KOTOR 2. I, I, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, anyone who knows, who's never played KOTOR 2, you're like, what, what the hell is that? What even is that? But he's he's basically as mean and scary as he looks. Yeah, he's it's, it's, he's great. He's yeah. really, really great. Like he was a gladiator. He, he freed himself from slavery. He he's, he's awesome. Just go read the comics. He's awesome. And, and because it's comics, even though there's some dialogue in there too, well, he speaks, you know, he, he speaks a different language. So you don't even need to see what he's saying. The picture says, says a thousand words, just, yeah. you know, the way he's drawn, the way that, uh, you know, the art kind of helps to bring the character to life is is fantastic. So I think that's what makes makes him such a, a exciting character to see on the screen for comic fans. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you know. I'm sorry, Harris. I think we I think we kind of jumped over you. What did you? Uh, so <laughs> I wanted to ask you. Yeah, what did you think of both the, the Wookies and the the Huts? Uh, well, um, th this whole scene I, I've really loved. I think this episode for me, the best thing it does is world building. We get a huge amount of world building going on in all of us, and this is a great moment of it because you get this 
look into what the huts are like, these new characters. You also see this litter that has been spoken about a couple of times, and it explains a little bit more of when they say, oh, I didn't see your litter arrive, because they're expecting, you know, drums and 30 mm -hmm. people. So two guys walking in just won't get noticed. Um, Great point. And yeah, I, everything else about the US is fantastic. I love that little mouse thing that he's like using as a handkerchief to like dab the sweat off him. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh, so tense. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I just realized like that is a mouse, isn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. I thought that was actually like a, a, like a powder puff or something. I thought it was actually using like a loofah or something. I didn't realize that was a, a creature. It's got, it's got a little antenna or something. Like people are going to dress their pets up as this outside of like <laughs> Star Wars celebration this year. Like an Look albino womp rat. I think it's it's so strange. Like you say, for a scene that is so full of tension, I just love that we have this thing of him dabbing at his forehead with it. Yep. Like and then he just tosses just, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like he's some sort of like southern gentleman. You know, like, mercy. Tatooine's sons are built today. Oh. Like all southern, all southern gentlemen, you know, you either go with the fan if you're a lady or you go with the space hamster to dab your forehead if you're uh, a true gentleman. I was expecting to put a Panama hat on as they turned around. Utawaka, I do declare. That's horrible. Yeah, no. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I thought the, the probably the funniest thing for me of it all was the fact that when you see certain parts of the, like when you see the litter like fully, you can see it's like bending and like the guys are like yes. struggling to hold it up. I'm like, oh, you poor... You poor, poor people. Like, I would hate to be those guys holding up the huts on that thing. Yep. Well, it's there's, interesting there's a... that... Go ahead, Harrison. It's interesting that that seems to be such a symbol of status. That Because you can understand the practicalities of why you get a hut to be carried around, because I don't know how much they can move around themselves. But, you know, why... It suggests that Bib Fortuna did this while he was on um, the throne That's for a while. That's a great point. So yeah. is it just tiny Bib Fortuna on this giant thing that covers the entire street? I mean, he was well, he was big Bib Fortuna by the end. Yeah, well, yeah. Now we know why he got so fat. He had to he had to like compensate for the fact that that thing was too big for him. This is too easy for these guys. I mean, mean to make it a little bit harder. <laughs> exactly. He's like, hey, if I if I had to sit there and be like be next to that big ass thing with job, I, damn it, I need to fill this thing out a little bit. Well, and I think there's something interesting. I, I love there's that you pointed out the the if it's a womp rat, I hope it is, right? Like that he's dabbing himself because it just shows what one of the things that's uh, really telling about the character of of Jabba is his disregard of life and yeah. how much he just doesn't um, care about other people. Like he'll he'll send you down the the rancor pit if he doesn't like the way you dance and you know whatever. Like. Um, and that's exactly what it's portraying here is like, I don't care that my servants are buckling under my weight or that I'm using another life form to wipe my sweat. Like it, it just continues to show how much huts really have this, the same characteristic. Yeah. They, they all think that they're up here and everyone else is just. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Hey, what did you guys make of the facial markings on the huts? I don't know if that's something that's from the comics that I missed, but. You know, uh, on the right, he's got the little tattoo mm. thing under his bottom jewel. lip, and yeah, I'm I'm not entirely certain. Like I th I figured that was just like tattoos or something because we never saw Java with anything like that. I, I figured that so. was yeah, yeah. I figured that was maybe that's just a thing that huts have because I because 
like if you remember zero the hut he had kind yeah. of a similar like thing on of going down his back and his face mm-hmm. that's what i was about to see i was thinking didn't yep. zero have markings i assume yep. it's really for a practical sense of so that we as the audience can make them out a bit yes. easier it helps <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like oh, otherwise it's it's the, like you have to go off the slightly pinkish one or the slightly greenish one. Right. Yeah, that could just be Jabba. There's there's very little difference in that. I think like he doesn't have that one weird tiny nostril. Yep, that's true. Yep, that's a good call. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Like I, I uh, earlier in the comments, I think yeah, right here, Plesh Play said that the CGI was great. I wasn't crazy about the CGI, the huts. It kind of reminded me of the of the uh, re uh, was it the re-releases of New Hope, <laughs> where we yes. saw that's like very cruel. Oof, yeah, not like well, not not the first one, the the remake, the the like when when they went over it a second time and the solo scene, slightly... exactly yeah, where yeah, he's like, like it... slithering around the Millennium Falcon, yeah, and then Hans like steps over him, and then it looks yeah. the CGI looks really weird for a It kind of reminded me of that, just because like maybe that's just uh like I'm scarred by that for life. <laughs> and, it, and I one of the things that I really liked about the Mandalorian, and I think we'll probably see a bunch of in here, is I I just I love practical effects. I love practical effects Jabba, and you know that would have been really cool to see some practical effects huts. But I understand that um, that takes a ton of work too. So I think they turned out pretty great, all things considered. Absolutely. Besides, they had to spend all that money on their Bactopod, which another which another thing right. I found hilarious <laughs> is that everyone got like so angry. Like another divisive thing in Star Wars, you either loved it or you hated it. So, that, so now I have to ask you guys, where did you stand on the, the lying down back to pod? That, that and all of a sudden, everybody on Twitter was a medical droid of some kind. And they were all diagnosing him. And they were like, he doesn't need to be in a back to pod anymore. Why does he need to be in there? And I'm like, you don't even know the whole story yet. Like, let's give it a minute. Um, I think it's cool. I think I think it's a, a cool way for us to get moments where he's having these dream sequences and flashbacks and to integrate the present and like what got him here. So I think it's, it's good for that dramatic effect. Um, I think it's good to kind of show like, wow, he's been through a lot. Like he's partially digested. And then he was out in the desert without any sunscreen or a hood up or anything like that for a little while. And he's just been through a lot. So um, I think it's also, I, I really like the scene where the Gamorreans throw him in there and, and jam the air hose in his mouth and shut the lid. Um, mm. so I, I, I think it's, I think it's been useful in a lot of different ways, but I don't know, Ben Harrison, Gilbert, what do you guys think? I, yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, if you, if you've been, um, reading some of the, uh, high Republic comics or, or uh, novels, um, they talk about Bacta and how it's this new miracle drug that they've, they've kind of found, uh, you know, in its ability to heal. And and what is High Republic's like? What two hundred years prior, two hundred some years prior to this? So yes. it doesn't. It, it, to me, it feels like one of those great things that's been used in so many different ways. So standing up tank, laying down tank, like all these different uses of it seems very plausible to me because of how long. Again, with this series, we know how long Bacta has now been around. Like it seems like there'd be a lot of different ways to apply it now. Hmm. So I'm good uh, with it. Cool. See, I'm I never really had a problem either. I always enjoy uh mm-hmm. like seeing new stuff in Star Wars, new technology and what yeah. like and whatever. It's a personal back to put did, did we really need to see him like floating there like like Luke Skywalker in the in the freaking diaper and shit? Like I'm I didn't think that was necessary. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Harrison? What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I don't see any problem. It was I think it was only in last episode. Uh, talking to Rachel, I kind of was aware that anyone had a problem with it not being standing up. And I was like, all right, son, 
I don't know, whatever. It's it's the new form of the Bacta pod, whatever. It's the personal one. Get yeah. over it. Yeah. The tanning so, bed version. Yeah. And so this mm-hmm. is where, real quick, I wanted to bring that up. Like, uh, I think it was you, Jan, who brought it up that uh, uh, that they, or might have been Ben. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. One of you said, said that it was uh, like that he doesn't need it anymore. That people are saying, oh, he's healed. He doesn't need it. See, yeah. that's where that's where it leads me to, to the flashback now. We keep on getting focused on the on the Tuscan Raiders. So I'm I'm almost certain that we're gonna get something that he either gets like shot or stabbed or like there's a poison. Or, I, I feel like there's gonna be something that has to do with that. Oh, that's, that's why he call. he's so dependent on the back to pod. Like, good yeah, call. the Starlight Pit is is done, but I feel like it has to do something with this. Like he's gonna end up like getting hurt, save trying to save them or trying like failing to to like save the kid or something. Like I I want to see some stuff like that where he ends up getting like mortally wounded by the the or by someone who's an enemy of the tuscans or maybe by the tuscans themselves mm. Mm. i think there's something there I mean, and that th- they're kind of introducing a few points of mystery throughout all this and solving them as we go like in this episode what they solve is the gaffy stick like how he actually gets his own gaffy stick right mm-hmm. uh yep. you know the, what we saw at the end of um you know chapter nine was it on uh, of mandalorian um so little mysteries are still out there and you're right. Like they'll eventually solve them. I think as this, this story, this flashback story progresses. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And I like, since you brought up the gaffy stick, I think that that was probably my favorite part of this entire episode is how he's training with the gaffy stick, like watching him go from like the weird little, like child's training one to getting his own. Yeah. Like, and not not to mention like how he ends up doing like how he ends up proving himself to the uh, Tuscan people like he sees that train coming through that's that's raiding their lands so he goes and te- attacks the swoop gang he go- then with the bikes he trains them how to you know how to ride the swoop bikes and then they take on the train I'm like that entire scene is just great and it's it's very Star Wars with like the idea of the native population taking on like the high tech you know like invaders I like it's it's the Ewoks attacking the freaking empire. I love, <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but I love it. Huh, yeah, I hadn't thought about the Ewok co- connection either, but I did. I mean, one of the points that I I uh, recently brought up was the fact that, uh, you know, I, I think what is happening in this episode is Boba Fett is trying to find a way to integrate him and prove his worth to this tribe, and when he sees the train come through and this uh, this biker gang, he goes, "I figured it out." I understand that world. I understand the world of technology. This group doesn't. And I can bring this to them and make their lives better because of it. And, you know, actually allow them to kind of reclaim their their land a bit, right? Because mm-hmm. he talks about that later on. Like this is this is their land, their ancestral territory. And here comes these these gangs and these crime families and take control of it without you know paying respect to those who have inherited it before them. And you know what got me about this scene right here? And I just rewatched it again yesterday morning. Um, and this this didn't really hit me until my most recent rewatch. Like, as soon as he gets the swoop bike, he could have just left. Like, he could have yeah. taken a gun, some water, one of the bikes, gone to wherever it is and sort of started over. But mm. um, he decided to be true to his word and bring stuff back to help them defeat the train. Um, and, and that, I think that was really deliberate. Like he had options and this is what he chose to do. Yeah. See, like Mr. X said, homies help homies. Yes. <laughs> I, I really like this scene too, is where he's like, like, I hate, like he walks up. I have a gift for you. This is how we stop the trip. And then they all start taking them apart. He's like, no, no, don't do that. They're mine. <laughs> start beating them senseless. <laughs> like that was pretty funny. I'm like, how great would that have been? 
like to be that person you just like you you go through all that work to get these swoop bikes and then they just start ruining them like almost instantly yeah because they don't understand the value of it yet they're like oh it's a gift but uh, okay uh, what do i do with it <laughs> yeah and it does suggest that perhaps like when they have received things like this before they use it for different things you know they don't get a piece of tech they right. You know, junk it, and they use it to like build their shelters or whatever, or right. whatever purposes they have, rather than ever trying to use it. Probably because they never see any functional vehicles. They probably right. see like the dregs that even the Jawas wouldn't take. Right. Yeah. And he even has to remind them, like, let like a bantha. This is like a bantha, and then we get He's that putting green it in their yeah. terms, <laughs> like a bantha. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sorry. So. That's another thing. I thought it was funny. I thought it was charming. I thought like, okay, you know, we're we're seeing him be a little more like of a human being and rather than just a, a helmet. But like a lot of people were like, not my Boba Fett. Did did that bug you at all? Has any of this bugged you at all? Because I don't think I thought this was all fun. Yeah, you uh, go. Yeah. Bugged me? Not at all. No, honestly, no. Um, I think I think it was uh, our bro host Chris Ryan's who said, you know, some people just want him to be armor pew pew guy. And there's maybe a little bit more to him than that. Um, so no, I, I love seeing all the different dimensions of his personality and things like that. Um, even like, I, you know, I was thinking about the moment with the lizard, which I'm sure that we'll get to when they're like, well, you know, I, I, the, the, the Tuscan Raider says, I have a gift for you now. And he's sort of like really humbly like, oh, a gift for me? Like, why? Well, you know, you didn't have to do that. Um, and, and so like you're, you're seeing like different dimensions of him interacting with people without any threat and with. You know, just uh, it just feels like we're really genuinely getting to know whoever is under the helmet, so to speak. So it's working for me. I'm digging it. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Ben? What do you think? Yeah, it's working for me, too. Uh, I guess where I will try to understand those who say not my Boba Fett is, yeah, we have always for the last 40 years pictured him as a bit more of a villain. And here we are realizing he's not just a villainous creature that just goes around killing whoever he wants doing whatever he wants right he he's certainly really cool and and can you know as flamethrowers and and will will stand up to anyone who tries to get in his way but what we're learning is that there's a lot of different facets to a character i kind of think of venom a bit uh, to try to relate it to something else where um you know as soon as the movie came out and you you go and see this anti-hero like you, you there's still a heroic side of him there or a good side of him but at the same time he still wants to bite people's heads off so <laughs> like the way i kind of relate that to, to boba fett is you know he's he's still willing to let drug lords pass through the land right he's not as like as above them to say like you know transporting drugs is, is wrong or something like that like he he's still willing to allow, allow that to happen and in present state, he's a crime lord, and he's trying to establish his his crime empire. He's still do, got a bit of that rough side to him, you know. Do you think that that like? Do you guys think that that might be the moment where he starts to become a crime boss? Like he starts to like if he's negotiating deals to transport uh, spice through the desert. Like, is that the moment? I don't know. That's what I thought. Yeah, when he's like, well, okay, mm. so yeah, when he's dealing with the pikes and everything, like, yep. That's not a, that's not a bad idea. Like he because yeah, he tells them, but he gives them a, like he doesn't just flat out shoot them like he could. He tells them like, all right, this is what's gonna happen. You guys are gonna if you still want to do this, that's fine. But they, but it belongs to the Tuscans. Like they are the it's their yeah. home. Like they they do it. Like they get to decide basically where you get to go and what you get to do. And so yeah, he I like how he doesn't even tell them like this is how it's gonna be. He says take these turns back to your bosses and like it, as if there's going to be a discussion. So I'm sure the next episode we're gonna see the Pikes again and they're mm -hmm. gonna come back in force. Like yeah. I'm, 
I'm almost certain that we're this is not over, and they're not going to take kindly to, to Boba just being like, "Well, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to be honorable about it, and you're just going to, you know, deal with it." Because that's, that's that's one thing I noticed about Boba is that yeah, he's like, this is the start of his crime boss thing, but he's doing it in a really like round of like he's doing it in a really weird way in that he's trying to be like you said, he's trying to rule respect, but everyone else doesn't like that. Like they're not they're not down for that. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent agree. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the voice that says, I'm gonna try and show the other side. Where I do see where people are coming from with the, not my boba. Partly with the uh, the Mandalorian armor uh, novel mm. that I'm reading at the moment. There's kind of more of a, a sort of professional, sort of character. He's, he's he's got a bit more. I don't know, like a like a hitman sort of vibe or something. You know, he's he's all about doing the job well. Or perhaps like Leon, um, you know, where he's like no women, no kids. You know, that kind mm. of thing. He's just a guy who does a job and does it well. And he seems a bit sort of like he doesn't want to be involved in other people's politics. Whereas this is much more a, a kind of feels like chaotic, good sort of alignment kind of uh, Boba. Whereas ah. before it felt like he was more like lawful evil. Ah. Mm. Okay. Interesting. I mean, a few years in the Sarlacc pit will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little time to think, reflect on things. We're going to get a flashback episode that's uh all the clips of like how he got visited by people who he wronged while he was in the Sarlacc pit <laughs> and they made him realize the error of his ways. <laughs> I mean, I like, bet a, like a Christmas carol. A Christmas yeah. carol. <laughs> and he flung the Sarlacc open and called to a boy in the sand, fetch me the biggest womp rat in the shop. <laughs> Why it's life day, sir. <laughs> uh, force bless us one and all. <laughs> I had to get one in there myself. So, but, somebody yeah. please write this fan fiction for us. Put it to music. Yes. <laughs> we'll sit up in the front row as soon as it goes live. I will tell. Yes, and you know what? Just for the fun of it, we need to put Mark Hamill as the as like the ghost of uh, uh, was it Christmas future or Life Day future, yeah. or, or <laughs> Life Day whichever one is the super jovial like happy one. Vader can be uh, the Life Day future. There we go. There we go. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> and just not but, say anything. Right. Just breathe the whole time. So I wanted to talk about this actually for a minute. Like since we did bring up the lizard, what did you guys make of this crazy, like almost force vision esque like scene that we got with like, like, yeah, it was the, it was the lizard, like doing some weird Babel fish thing, like seeping into his brain. Mm -hmm. But like, but it was like, we get this where he's like walking through the desert. He finds this weird tree that I, I never knew there was trees on Tatooine. That's, this is news to me. Like, I think, you know, this was my favorite part of the episode Gilbs. Oh, I yeah. think you're entirely aware that when he got to the horror tree full of eyes, I was very happy. Which I, did I think you notice? Exactly. Did Go you ahead. notice the concept art at the end when they were showing, which is something I love that they brought back and showing all yeah. the concept art that led up to you know the scenes that we get in this episode, um, or in this chapter, I should say. But the the eyes, I think, were Jawas. Yeah, they seem kind of like. Does that mean like he's is he getting like visited by the ghosts of his past? Like did he killed a bunch of Jawas in his youth? <laughs> maybe I I don't know exactly. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just I have no idea what that means. But it, like at first they just look like scary red eyes. I almost thought of them like a bit of like ghosts from his past type thing. Because then it shows the flash, his own flashbacks and ties to you know Camino and watching, uh, you know, watching his dad fly away onto another job and leaving him alone on Camino. And mm -hmm. and so like I kind of thought of it more as like demons of his past, but 
you know, there, there's got to be a conversation when we get the the gallery episodes for this, where I need to hear what Favreau and Filoni were thinking, because there's so much I still don't understand, but I loved it. And, and, and they don't look friendly. It looks like a really sinister scene. It looks like a really sort of dangerous, creepy thing he's stepping into. It looks really unpleasant. So I, I, I didn't actually even catch the eyes until just now when you froze it and started talking about it. I totally missed that <laughs> until now. Went yeah, quick. see, I'm like, so yeah, watching it, I didn't think of that they were Jawas at first, but yeah, you bring that up, like that does kind of look very Jawa esque. But so I'm wondering if these are supposed to be like, yeah, the eyes of like his past bounties or all the people he's killed or something like that. Because, like I said, this felt very much like a force vision. Like, yeah. I've like we've seen like Luke going into the cave on Dagobah, we saw Ray going in or uh, having like a similar kind of thing on the on Ock 2, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Death Star so, wreckage. Yeah, exactly. Like we have we have stuff like this all the time. So it was kind of a weird thing to to see someone who's not strictly a force user seeing something like this. Like, like mm. I was all about it, and I, I imagine that it's something to do with like I, I'm again I'm I'm always that I of that mindset of like screw it, make him a Jedi. So I'm <laughs> I'd be totally like I'd totally be cool if if it turns out Boba Fett is actually like force sensitive in some way, shape, or form. That'd be wild. Uh. A great it's, Jedi in the making. The, the other thing, uh, so here's here's another theory that just popped in my mind is it it seems like so ultimately this is a good thing, right? Like he goes to the tree and he comes back with a stick that becomes his gaffy stick. So like this is a journey he's supposed to go on. Um, maybe so we only ever see the um, the Tuscan Raiders with their f- faces shielded. Maybe mm-hmm. these are like the unshielded eyes of Tuscan Raiders from from the past, like ancestors who spirits inhabit this tree or something. Uh, I don't know. Oh hmm. man, that'd be hmm. cool. Oh, that's some like Wakanda oh. stuff right there. Like uh, the, all the yeah, it's all the <laughs> yeah. kings of the past and stuff. I yeah, I kind of like that idea though that these are that those are actually like Tuscan Raiders and that's what they look like under their under their like hoods. It's just yeah, red maybe, eyes. Maybe they've got oh, those yeah. cool reflective cat eyes. I don't know. We start theory. My- go, go ahead, Harrison. My theory, because I saw this all as kind of like the Bobo went somewhere real, but in a sort of almost like uh, the scarecrow from Batman, the mm. lizard has changed his perception of reality into this sort of twisted images that he sees. But I think like there's something where like like he fl- um, the Tuscan like chief flicks water at his face or the the black melon milk to get the lizard yeah. to go up into him so i feel like there might be some sort of thing where the lizard like gets into a sentient being and then makes it go to wherever there's moisture yeah and like that is how they get led to these like hidden areas where there are these trees still left and like mm-hmm. the final remnants of yeah. that. And maybe that's like some hidden place where you where the jawas live free of their robes or something or like you say i actually really mm. love the idea of it being tuscan raiders like what they look without the masks on well i think that- yeah i, I think that's how they get anyone to go get their stick is to find the secret trees. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if uh, the only one who knows of the location of this tree is the lizard itself. And that's why it it is the one that has to guide them. It can't be another one of the Tusken Raiders because they may not know exactly where it is. It's only this lizard. And it's only once they you've been proven worthy that you can get led to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like, Harrison, you, you you kind of brought me down right there with like, oh no, science. Like, <laughs> it's actually a reason. I do have a, I have a greater mystery to go along with that though, which is if the Tuscan Raiders use this lizard, how does it get into them? That's oh. a good question. Do they have to do they have to unwrap their faces in order? Because like, so again, they must, to, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, going back to the video game Kotor, like the Knights of the Republic, it, it's revealed that it like apparently the Tuscan Raiders. Now, mind you, this is uh, extended universe now, but uh, sure. it, it talks about how like their ancestral clothing is not allowed to be taken off. Like if you do that, like then it's a major like no no, mm. basically. And you can actually like screw up the entire quest if you tell them, oh sorry, I I took some of their clothes off to hide from. Like yeah, no. It's like uh, Lucha so, Libre. You can't take their mask off. They lose exactly. their identity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, I'm not sure, but like, but that's a good question. Like, how would the thing get in there unless they take that mask off? It hmm. finds its way under there. I don't know. Maybe it's done in. It's kind of like the Mandalorian, where it's like as long as nobody else sees you, like you just gotta let it yeah. get the lizard in there somehow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, I don't know if you guys saw, but it was like the day after, or maybe the day that this episode came out, and there was already illustrations online of, um. Tamara Morrison's face, but it was like a an, an anatomy textbook cross section of like the brain cut open with a lizard and people trying to figure out where it goes and what it does and, and things like that. Like I think I think literally somebody just caught out of work on Wednesday of last week and worked all day on this <laughs> diagram for people to geek yeah. out over. It's important. I, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that on Twitter. Like a, the, yeah, the drawing of that, and yes. that just like hurt. That hurts my brain. I yes. I can't. Oh. I don't want that. Also, like watching this, like having that lizard jump in there and and like go into his head. I didn't. That yeah. oh, and, I don't and want coming back out. Me. Coming back out wasn't much better. <laughs> yep. Just, like I don't want anything like that anywhere near my sinus cavity. I don't know. No, thank you. I love like even if mind. I get a cool gaffy stick out of it. Yeah. When he um he says I, I thought that was part of the dream. I was like, oh poor Boba. You thought that that was, a, which suggests that it's relatively comfortable, which I'm amazed by having an entire lizard in your face. Mm-hmm. By the way, let's let's appreciate for just one second, for one second, the the Inception moment, the fact that this is a dream, and then he went to a dream within the dream. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> I didn't even think of that. We did go a level deeper. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Maybe this whole thing is just the lizard's dream. Maybe that's what we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a good egg. Mr. Action. How do they shower? What is this shower you speak? Have you ever seen yeah. ever seen a shower on Tatooine? Mr. Action, it's a dry heat. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> there is no such thing as a shower. Luke just would just pick up some dirt and just he's like, it's a, it's a good, it's all good. It's yeah, now. we haven't seen it, but yeah, th- th- they're like chinchillas. They just roll around right. in the dust for a while. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hygiene is not of importance. Just get into the next drink. <laughs> okay uh let me see here also he has he questions how do we speak raider very simply by a very rudimentary american well not american but yeah by tuscan sign language which i actually thought was that was really cool like that's probably the coolest thing i think that has come out of uh mandalorian and uh book of boba is how they speak like a weird kind of like pseudo sign language that we like a- apparently that was yeah. created by troy coster or uh Kotzer, and who is like i guess he's uh he is a deaf actor on the show so no he's way. like, so yeah, he's just like, oh, hey guys, like, what if I came up with this cool little, like, and yeah, so they, they had him make, make their own version of sign language just for the show. And I'm like, that's pretty badass. I love that. That's so cool. I, I love that too. And, and, and this might be a good moment to just kind of pause and appreciate, you know, one of the things that we were talking about a year ago when, uh, chapter nine, again, referencing that one dropped from the Mandalorian was, uh, how deep they went with the Tuscan Raiders and and showing them not just as the New Hope portrayed them um, as just these almost villainous creatures that occupy the land, but as these complex, uh, you know, civilization that have long histories 
and a, a little bit more to them than just hitting people over the head with a gaffy stick and stealing all their stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's really great to see what they've done in, in shaping this, uh, um, this tribe to be more than what we originally thought they were. And, and yeah. I, I love that they call out that there are different tribes and they behave differently. And so it's not a monolith. It's not just like the Tuscan Raiders. There are, it, it's, it, Tatooine's a big enough world where there's probably a lot of variation and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was that was something we talked about last week with Rachel a lot. Is that these are not the Tuscan Raiders that you know these aren't your dad's Tuscan Raiders. They weren't like they're <laughs> they're wearing like red and black. And we even see like some of the females aren't like wearing the you know the normal ones that we see like in in episode two. You know, you get to see the women and the children Tuscan Raiders that look extremely different from the people here. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's actually really cool. And more than that, I think that I, I don't know if this is if this is just Tuscan Raider uh, like culture. But at the end, when we see him, like when he makes his gaffy stick and we get to see them do like the haka dance, basically yeah. like the, the weird, like Maori, like st- uh, style, yeah. like dance that they do. Yeah, I think that's that's really cool, especially since I guess that's uh, Tamara Maris or Tamara Morrison's uh, like actual culture. Like he's yeah. he's Maori, yeah. Scottish. And I, I think one of the th- like British, I'm not I'm not. In, don't quote me on that part. <laughs> But yeah, so I think yeah. that was that was pretty cool to like to actually see him like have that as well to like show like you said they're not savages they're not like just a bunch of of like monsters they are a complex and extremely nuanced people. How right? right. How did he learn this dance though? Now it because I, I want is it that they do it every now and then like is is it every night and that he's been watching for a while or is there like another three hours after he built the stick? Where the, the guy had to sign language to him, right? Okay, we have to learn the dance now. <laughs> and they all the, line up in front of the mirror in the dance studio. <laughs> yes, there's just a bar in the middle of the desert. <laughs> they all, they're all stretching and warming up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Like when she was sitting there, it's like, ur, 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 like telling me to hold the thing right. When uh, was he? Was that their dance uh, recital? He's well, like, or I suggest that. What we thought was him learning to fight with it was just learning to dance. And then he happened to realize you could hit people with this as well. <laughs> see, this now, is a weapon. see, now my thought is that when this, when she starts, jumps up, starts dancing, I think that at least my thought, like I was watching it and was like, oh, okay, he's kind of like, he's wondering what she's doing. And now he's kind of like figuring it out as they go. Like as they stand up, like she starts walking around the fire, he kind of like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to start doing this All too. Right. He's perfect. It looks like they're on Dancing with the Stars. Right. It looks, yeah, it looks like they've had some practice. But, the, but Gilbert, that's a good point. I mean, he is like, a guy who's been figuring it out as he goes, figuring out the language, figuring out like the social structure and who he should go to for what and um, how to win them over and so on. And so I, it wouldn't surprise me if he could learn to dance in a day or something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree. I'm sorry. I've, I got distracted by this one comment and I, I can't even. Also, we see a jizz singer. The book's words, not mine. I don't, I don't know. Are you talking about like the, the jizz whaler? You know, the, that weird like, thing. Like early the, on in the episode? Yeah, the, the Bith play. Because, yeah, I remember that. I remember they go into the into the canteen and we see, like, again, Max Rebo and like and the, the Bith. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. You know what? I'm going back. I'm going back. <laughs> While you look for that, also, uh, Dale. Dale, it is good to see you. We haven't seen you in the comments in ages. Nice to have you here. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's What's yeah, up, it's Dale? A, yeah, as, as an old time fan of ours who is who like he dropped off the map for a minute for you know life reasons, uh, but but yeah, yes. it's nice to have Mr. you back. Is confirming it is indeed. Uh, uh, indeed. That's kind of what I thought it was, and I 
I will agree. I think one of the, the most exciting things for me was that Max Rebo is still making music and he's, <laughs> Yeah, and he's not just making it, but he's got a big crowd around him that loves it. You know, just that to me, I always loved Max Rebel. He was just this cool guy in the corner that was playing music at Jabba's place, and he and he survived to keep telling his tale and singing his song. Somehow. So, yeah, I, I, again, this is where I tip my hat to Favreau, who, um, as you know, like got really made a name for himself not with elf but then in marvel and with iron man and i'm I'm reading through the marvel studios book that just came out recently because i'm just really interested in, like the story behind the scene and and the first chapter just talked like there's a whole section talking about how favreau and feige their favorite uh genre or, or their favorite movie growing up was star wars and how they take a ton of inspiration from Star Wars. So like they talk about even before they got involved with it, how big a fan they are. And this just goes to prove it. Like he's looking around all of Return of the Jedi and and everything in this period and saying, What can I bring from this into the story that I'm gonna tell now? And he goes and gets Max Rebo. Oh just that that to me is proof that he's a really diehard, a big diehard fan. Mm, totally. What a bunch of nerds! From the- <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed I, I, we are a bunch of nerds. Uh, yeah. yeah, I will wear that proudly. Um, and, and by the way, in this scene, something that I was geeking out about every time I watched it is the R two unit that's playing the drums. That yes. thing is awesome. I love that. I I, yeah. I hope that I hope that there is an R two drummer black series coming out or something because I will definitely get that. I thought that was pretty cool too. I, I yeah, I like I, looking at it right now. You can even see he has a little yeah. like arm on and a symbol on his head. I on love his that. Head. He's out of control. Like yeah, <laughs> yes. that's you know, oh, we yeah. always love like on this show. We always love to see new droids. Or at least I always love to see new droids. Like I, I always make a point to bring up like oh look that cool new droid yeah. like Dio. Oh look BB-8. Oh look. yeah. So like yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know what this droid's designation is, but he's awesome, and I can't <laughs> wait to. I, I want to see more of him. I want to see like yeah, like you said, a black series or like a cameo in a video game or something like that it's gonna yeah. be like it's gonna be like l rs or something like like a lars ulrich reference right <laughs> it oh, also makes me wonder did the, did the drummer not survive the the whole ordeal on java's barge and and so like they had to go get a new drummer and they just got this droid instead <laughs> or max rebo's like look if i invest in one of these i don't have to go out and find some temperamental drummer who wants his name <laughs> on the drums and whatever yeah. and you know he can work all hours i don't know yeah, Max has been through a lot. He probably doesn't have a ton of patience at this point. <laughs> so uh, it, it's, this is not canon at all, but it, it is to me. But if you guys, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Robot Chicken, but there is yeah. a thing out there of this. There's a Star Wars thing where it shows uh, like right after Jabba's barge got destroyed, uh, Max Rebo like busts out of it. He's like, and it's <laughs> he's supposed to be like a jazz stereotype. He's like, oh, come on, man, get him up. The like it's, it's pretty <laughs> funny. So it's like it's like straight three straight minutes of him being like the biggest stereotype ever, but it's still pretty damn funny of him being like, No, my band's dead. What the heck, man? <laughs> like it's it's pretty great. Like I, I recommend, yeah, like it's like Max Rebo survives and uh, Robot Chicken. I recommend you look that up on YouTube after this. I, I, I have not seen it. I will check it out. I've um, seen a lot of the robot chickens, just not that one. So that will be that'll be yeah. coming up. <laughs> like I recommend that to anyone who, who everyone who wants to see how Max Rebo survived. Go look up Robot Chicken Max Rebo and you will find it. <laughs> that, that was another thing that people were arguing about on Twitter. And, and it never ceases to surprise me. You know, some people were like, well, look, you know, you saw that things weren't going a good way. You know, Leia's choking um, Jabba. He probably, you know, grabs his equipment and hops off the back of or And some other people were like, well, maybe he survived the explosion. And then those people start arguing with each other. And I'm like, this is not worth it. I'm going to keep scrolling. 
he's, no, like, he, he's a musician, guys. He, he's he's not a fighter. He just he's gonna get out of there as soon as the fighting. Yeah, starts. he doesn't. Yeah, and, he doesn't strike me as a fighter. And they they didn't like they didn't turn up on the barge. They turned up on like a speeder, like full of amps and stuff, and then moved that onto the barge. True. So they right. had a way out. Like like they could just go. Nope, guys, we're out. We're we're doing it. We're gone. Yeah. The true. band usually has its own bus, and I'm sure I'm sure Max Rebo does too. But by the way, I, I think one of the things that I really enjoyed about this episode was there's a lot of really good secondary characters that have like little moments that I think are really good. Um, the guy who works for the mayor is fantastic. Um, the and major I was trying domo. To find the, the yeah, the major domo and the guy at the front desk at the mayor's office, I thought was <laughs> terrific. Um, and I could, I was asking Ben and uh, our friend Chris earlier, uh, is is that is there an inside joke there or something I don't know about? Because he was just so good, and I felt like he had his moment, but like I couldn't place it. And maybe it's just you know just a really funny, lighthearted moment. I don't know. Again, I would like to see the gallery on this. I feel like it's going to end up being like this is one of the producers, or this is like the director, or yeah. some such. Yeah. yeah, I I'm I'm not. I don't mean this to be at all. Uh you know mean or anything but one of the thoughts i had is like that kind of looks like any any one of us like any other person <laughs> in our galaxy just got put into this acting job like did he win a contest <laughs> like you can be a character <laughs> like i feel like that could have been just me you know like the, this is yeah right comic-con yeah <laughs> exactly this is a guy who was like the 99th caller on some radio show or something in los angeles <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's, it's the hair isn't it i, think, I feel like it's just the, the fact that he's wearing he has like a mullet going on and that, that's not a new a usual hair star wars haircut he, yeah, yeah he looks a this, lot like lemmy from motorhead yes this this is what this guy looks like this guy is in a motorhead cover band and they were like listen just throw this hat on put this jacket on and you're the front desk guy at the mayor's office and he just went with it and he was terrific i thought yeah, I yeah, I, I I like it. I like that. I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the, that's that's how it is. He was just some guy who was just some dude in the office that, like that. Filoni's just like, hey man, you want to be in a show? <laughs> All right, sure. I'll be on IMDb later, looking at his whole resume. Be like, what else has this guy done? Listen, I went looking. I couldn't even find him. So if you guys really? know who he is, let me know. I want to yeah. get back to. Um... One on your point of uh, side characters that have really nice moments, and also yeah. sort of further on with the with the whole train, the fantastic Western train yeah. robbery sequence. Um, one of the great side moments that I loved is the um, I believe it's the Tuscan Raider who has been training him with the stick, and like yeah. just jumps on right at the end and clears house in that train. <laughs> yes. Oh, He's I one mean, of my favorite sequences. My wife, when when I. Uh when she just popped her head up because that was another thing like learning later on like that's a woman too that warrior that's so cool um mm -hmm. but when when you see the 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 pike just disappear and then her head pops up it's just some really good uh comedic beats that are thrown in these these uh tension you know these tenuous scenes yeah. um yeah you're looking for it right now that scene exactly so mm -hmm. uh it's really cool to see you know how she just goes in there and kicks kicks butt but then you know how they throw in some of those fun little comedic beats too oh that little detail as well just there when one of them almost falls off and the other guy just grabs him and pulls him yes. back. yes yeah yeah there, there's a lot of those like little things where they help each other or cover for each other or like pull them down behind the shield so they don't get shot and all that stuff um really nice sort of like uh tender there moments almost there you yeah. are there it was and yes. yeah like you said yeah <laughs> it's so cool <laughs>
So, uh, all right, we talked about it when we were reviewing Hawkeye a few weeks ago. Is that yeah? They have a couple of scenes like that as well, where the guys are like standing on the car and just they disappear, and the next thing you know, he's in the scene. So yes. yeah, it's always enjoyable just to watch that kind of like Batman style thing, where like the person disappears, and like you said, they just pop up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's another good example with Batman there too. Uh, and and we're not giving this this train high scene enough enough uh, credit. I mean. Uh, Jan, you you've made the point to me a couple times about how very much this is a western. Yeah, and, and Harrison I mean, just said it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the and the fact of the matter is, like, the whole entire sequence, the whole scene, uh, or uh, you know, dream sequence, is, is just a a bunch of tropes on westerns. And throwing in the train heist is like the trope of tropes when it comes to westerns, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um. I, I personally thought this was some of the best action that that uh, we've seen. And I think you guys had asked, too, but like j almost juxtaposing this action with some of the action of the first uh, first episode. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Like to me, this was this was spot on. I loved everything that happened in this sequence. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it really shocks me sometimes when I think that this episode isn't the one directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, because yeah. like this right. is such like a Rodriguez high octane kind of action, like Desperado El Mariachi kind of moment. Um, was actually the action in his episode, well, I think, was a bit lackluster. I don't think that fight in the streets of Mos Espa was very good. Hmm. It, it definitely, I would agree with you. Yeah, I, as I watched it a couple more times, it was like this. This looks like it could have been. It definitely wasn't as good as like the the. Um, uh, I'm forgetting what chapter, but like chapter uh, 14, uh, the, the tragedy episode from uh, Mandalorian, where we're yeah. reintroduced to Boba Fett in all of his glory. Like mm. it wasn't that level, but then it was. It, it came back to to that. I think with the train heist, like we we got what, uh, even though it wasn't him directing it, um, you know, this is really he's executive producer of this whole entire series. So it it did did feel a little bit more like back to form for him. But mm -hmm. by the way, I, I was really curious the first time I watched this, like, what does what the inside of all the different train cars look like? You know, what's in there? Is it just stacked floor to ceiling with weapons and spice and stuff like that? And mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting that they never show you the inside. And part of it's the action. Like, you're hanging on the outside of the speeding train the whole time, except when you it's finally true. get up to the front and you run into that really goofy droid. Um but yeah, they they never they never take you in there, and so the whole time you're just feeling like the rush of what it must be like to hang on to the outside of it, which I thought was kind mm -hmm. of a, a cool thing. But left me yeah. thinking, like, what's it like in there? I would yeah, agree. I'm gonna guess not too luxurious. What do you think, Gilbert? <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely agree. I'm gonna say, it's like, uh, I mean, if you've seen any westerns before that take place in trains, it's it's probably gonna be normal, like it's a bunch of crates. <laughs> Like dark little yeah. dark cramped room, and I'm it's, I'm willing to bet the reason that they didn't go inside the train is for that exact reason, so they could have a bunch of room to like jump around and like and yep. fight with each other and yeah. like have guys falling off the train. Like if you're inside the train, then you have to worry about like a choreo uh, choreographing like a fight scene in that tiny little cramped space. That's true. So, That's true. So mm -hmm. I'm willing to bet it's just for like simplicity's sake, and then yeah, for like you said, for also to keep the action going. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like the Polar Express where they're just pikes having hot chocolates and stuff like that. <laughs> I, know, I I think it might be like many uh, westerns where it's a bunch of like pikes like with fans in oh mercy, <laughs> playing cards and drinking brandy and getting interrupted. It, it might be like the cho hot chocolate scene. They might be really uh, you know had a little bit too much spice. Who knows? <laughs> I like Mr. Action says it's Jabba's mom inside. <laughs> like the big old just big giant cars. It's like Jabba's mom's room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. that's a, that's the most luxurious car on the train mm. 
I, I like how they're actually like you know the idea that they have a water car i'm like yeah, i think that's yes. just a funny thing in the, in the galaxy far far away they still require like to have a full just a car full of water they have to have canteens and stuff like yep. i like how they don't have some kind of like futuristic oh there's a water filtration something in our suit or they actually have to like that just felt very western to me as well yeah like and then and then later on when they actually i think when they busted open and all the all the tuscans are like they're all excited like uh you know trying to fill up any anything they can with the water yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was cool, but also like, oh, guys, that's a waste of such. That, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could have just, you could have taken that entire cart back to your t t uh, camp yeah, with not, you. Not you the most have... efficient way to do it. Yeah, mm. if you look on the like the the, the Pike's face, the, the the leader of the Pikes right then, he was just like, oh, man, there goes all our water. <laughs> like, he was just so disappointed. <laughs> Actually, I, I did want to bring that up real quick. Uh, what did you guys think of the of the Pikes? Like, the fact that I saw this, like, this is another thing, back to Twitter, is that people were not so much complaining, but just making the comment that the Pikes are never, ever uh, depicted the same way. Like, they're always depicted, whether it's Clone Wars, oh, it's uh, yeah. Rebels, it's this. They're always yeah. depicted the same, or uh, di an entirely different That's way. True. That's true. But, I mean, look, that's the same to be this almost the same can be said of some of the animation of like like Padme doesn't always look the same or something like it when you go from the live action to the the um uh the animated series there are some things that are always just a little bit different in the way that animation is portrayed of these characters mm -hmm. um I mean the same can be said for Ahsoka for goodness sake so uh Look, I'm I'm okay with it. I, I mean, I I always think that there's there should be a difference in the way that something is drawn versus the way it is portrayed in in live action. Um, so I'm, it, it sounds like I'm good with everything, but most of the time I am. Like I can always because I can almost kind of like rationalize my way to why it's okay. Mm -hmm. I I completely get that. And as um as somebody who's also a fan of Star Trek, Star Trek is really like that. You yeah, know, where you true. go from show to show and like the effects will get better and aliens will start looking different. And obviously the Klingons have had five different versions of them. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, I often have to, that is the way you have to go. It's a TV show. It's a comic book. There are limitations. We're not always going to, it's not a real world. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I, th I think it would be smart for Lucasfilm on a couple occasions to say, hey, when is mystery the better way to go here? Like, do we need to see under the Tuscan Raiders masks? Uh, and, and look, if they do it, I'll probably be the first to say, that's awesome. I'm cool. I'm glad that they did that. But I'm also right now saying, I'm okay if you leave a little bit of mystery there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so just, just take a little bit of caution every time you're like, should we divulge this right now? Should we, you know, show a pike without their mask on or, or, or something like that? Um, you know, there will be times when that's okay, and then there will be times where I'll be like, just leave it, leave it to mystery, so that we can like just yeah. have fun with this and keep it, keep having fun with this. It, it it didn't take me out of it to see the pikes portrayed as they were. It didn't stop me and go like, oh man, like I'm I'm not even paying attention to what they're saying because I'm stuck on this thing. Um, yeah. But I, I agree, Ben. I think I think some things I I would I would personally rather have be a mystery, like when the Mandalorian. Uh, when, when we got to Grogu in the Mandalorian, I thought, all right, here we go. We're going to go to Yoda's homeworld. We're going to hear all this stuff about what his homeworld is like. And, and you know, they ended up not going there. And I was I was kind of relieved. Um, and I think some people who struggle with the book of Boba Fett kind of had that with the Boba Fett character of just leave him with his, you know, 10 minutes on screen or whatever he's got. And let's not go any deeper. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm kind of like Ben, too, where I'm, I'm 
just here for all of it. And I'm super excited about all Star Wars pretty much. So I have a hard time um, saying no to anything, whether it's taking off a mask or portraying differently or whatever. All right. Yeah. And I can respect that. I'm like, and yeah, as far as like, I'm, I didn't mind them taking the mask off. I didn't mind them. the Oh, that helmet looks slightly different than the helmet yeah. in like the last yeah. three cartoons I watched. Like I didn't, I didn't mind any of that. It's just like, I've, I noticed it was a thing. So I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, for me, you're right. I think it's sometimes it's better not to know, but I mean, it's at the end of the day, I'm not going to turn away from star Wars just because they showed me like, Oh, look at that. They took the mask off. Boo. <laughs> like you showed me Pedro Pascal's face. I don't want to see that. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no. I, I'm, I think we're all on the same page with that, but I mean, and I understand that it doesn't always work for people and that's, that's the risk that you take when you divulge the mystery, right? It's going to work for some and it's not going to work for others. So that's, you got to pick your moments, right? You got to pick when it's okay to, to, I mean, we all want to know more about Boba Fett and his story. So I, that's one of those risks. Like you take the risk, you tell the story because yeah. there will be a lot of people that'll love it. And, and so far I'm, I'm, I'm loving what they, I can't believe we have six more of these things. I'm pretty sure it's six more, right? Yes. Eight episodes. So yeah, right. six more. I'm mm. here's hoping that they're, that each one is another hour. Cause I, when I saw that this episode was like, uh, I think it was said like 48 or like 50 minutes long. I'm yeah. like, yes. Um, yeah, like, totally. Totally. Like longer episodes. That's what I want. And I hope, uh, sorry, y'all, one more thing. I, I hope that that uh, they keep balancing this, that's telling the story of the past and the and the present. Uh, but I do think they need to uh, spend a little bit more time fleshing out what was in the present. They spent a lot of time in the past on this one. So uh, you, you got to make sure you you keep that balance and, and keep the, the present moving forward because we all want to know, like, how is he going to establish this crime syndicate on Tatooine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, yeah, so, I I would absolutely agree. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yarn. I was just going to say, um, so Harrison Gilbert, I'd love to get your thoughts on this because Ben and I have talked about it a little bit. Um, so what, what do we ultimately think of Boba Fett now? So he's the protagonist, but um, is he is he a hero? Is he an anti-hero? Is he something else? Is he like a Tony Soprano type crime boss guy where he's just, uh, you know, on, on a mission to consolidate power? Like what like what's you know, how should we be thinking about him? And I, I, I like the. um. Harrison, I like the orientation chart that you referenced. I think that's a handy reference to kind of figure out like where he is. Um, but what do we think? Do we think he's a hero? Like he, he's doing some heroic stuff in this. He's so he's showing his good side. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Harrison. Go I'll, I'll tell you mine. Oh, um, okay. So, okay. Yeah. You first. You first. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I think I like him, and I think I think he is getting to be a hero. Um, okay. I think you might. I don't like the term anti-hero because I think he's more just like he's he's a guy with shades to him. Mm. Um, if that makes sense, you know, a bit more complexity. Because I get the feeling that Boba Fett is someone who was part of Jabba's world and didn't necessarily set out to be a hero. But I get the feeling he was essentially kind of disgusted by mm. the people that he worked for enough that he he now he's in charge and now he can seize power. He doesn't want to see that ever happen again. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's going to be different. I like, I like that. that take. Yeah. For me, it, I've said this last week because because like, there was there was a little bit of debate of whether or not he's a good guy or a bad guy. Personally, I think that there's a little bit of a difference. Like it's nuanced because, um, yeah, he was always been like, we always look at him as like, oh, he's just out for the paycheck. He's just, he's going to kill and, and hunt and hurt whoever he wants just to get that money. But the what I, the way I've come to realize it is that he's like his father. He's like Jango Fett in that, yeah, he's after the paycheck, but he's also an honorable man. Like, it, there's a difference between being good and being honorable, I think. Yeah. Like, you know, 
like you don't you don't may not necessarily like you're yeah you're gonna shoot the guy but you don't have to shoot him in the back you know what yeah. I mean? That, that's a good point because you get the impression now like he would not do something like I don't think he would not do something against the Tuscan Raiders that have t- taken him in like he is going to honor what they've done for him and so on. Um, so I, I don't know like he, he's I, I like the I like the way you put in Harrison if he's got shades to him. I like that. I mean, he said he already has said what he is. He's a simple man in, in the galaxy is trying to make his way in the universe right um i slaughtered that you know in terms of the actual quote but like that's that's the point um he is just a simple man and this is something i've even tried to teach my own kids and like because they'll they'll watch stuff as you know as when they're five six now seven like and ask me is that a person a good guy or a bad guy and i've had to sit there and explain and especially hollywood's getting this now they're like there's no such thing as good guys or bad guys there are people and everyone does good things and bad things some do more good some do more bad and really, and then the other thing I try to teach is like, it's all about the interpretation of what is good and bad. And sometimes that, that does kind of evolve as time goes on. So I when think, your kids come to you with, with an issue or something, are you like, listen, they're, they're like, dad, I'm seven. You. I'm not, I don't get this. <laughs> um, no, but here's uh, how Jabba would handle it, son. Here's, exactly. <laughs> you be more like Luke. I mean, they're creating books like that now, right? Um, be more Obi-Wan uh, and things like that. Um, but, but yeah, that's really what I, I, I think is like, he's, he's done some questionable things in his life and he's in a position now where He's learning to, uh, you know, do some better, do better than what he was doing before. Um, but doesn't necessarily mean that he's fully on the side of like a good guy, if you want to put him in that that category. Exactly. He could have been a lawbringer. He could have come to Mos Espa and been like Cobb Vanth and been like, all right, I'm the marshal now. And yes. No, but he decided, no, I'm going to be the crime boss. So, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's still in it for the money. He's still in it for the for, you know, getting like the perks. But it, He's but again, he's not going to be job. He's not going to have a slave girl, you know, on his on his side. Like he's going to have Fennec Shand. Like he's going to he's not going to have like he's not going to put his uh, Gamorreans to death. He's going to have them on his team, even even against what when his uh, like closest lieutenant tells him not to. The question is going to be, what does he do when the spoils arrive? What what happens mm-hmm. when he makes his money and they all make it rich? That will really help determine who he really yeah. is. Right. Agreed. And we just don't know yet because he hasn't made it yet. Yeah, that's a good point. Like for all we know, he could he could be like, all right, once I make my money, I'm out of here. I'm going back to Camino. But yeah, it, yeah, like it's unlikely. But it, you know, we will probably see something like that. Or he, for all we know, he could end up being like, I'm going to rule Mosespa with an iron fist. So yeah, like, I I would love to see, like you said, like when, as soon as he gets that money, as soon as he makes his first big break, I would love to see what he ends up doing. And the, watch, he just ends up fixing his ship and is like, screw this, I'm going to go back to being a bounty hunter. <laughs> 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 it's way less complicated. <laughs> Old habits die hard. Yep. See, all right. So I want to talk about this real quick. Uh, so it was like, as far as predictions, we had Dale Urban saying they're going to do Cad Bane, Boba Fett standoff and have Kira show up as a cameo. So I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have been up to date with the Crimson Dawn or, or Crimson Rain or any of the of like what's been going on in the War of the Bounty Hunters comics. Yeah. But Boba Fett has been like a major player in all of that. And I would yep. I would love to see some more of that come up. Like I would like I said, like, I would love to see Kira be in there. Cad Bane, that's almost a must. I'm like, if he's still around, we need to have like the the showdown that we never got. Like, yeah. uh, what do you guys think? What do, what is something? What is like some cameos or some like stuff that you would love to see? I I mean, I would love to see it all. I would love to see Cad Bane, especially if it was Cad Bane live action. Like that would be the first time that we were getting that. Uh, 
Kira would be great, but at the same time, like you would have had to finagle something with uh, uh, Amelia Clark, and and that. While I would hope that that would happen, it sounds like she's open to coming back. Like, is this the way to bring her back? So the, I I always I straight go go to like the what's actually possible kind of realm. Um, All right, and, and we've we've been. Uh, I I think we could get either of those. Um, who do I think? I would love to see more, and, and I know that this has been teased a little bit and thought about. I want Omega, personally. Yes. And yes. I think it's actually possible, and there's a great way to do it. First of all, you don't have an actress that you've cast in, so like you could easily do that. You've already planted the seed that there is a connection between Boba Fett, who is Alpha, I guess, and her being Omega, mm-hmm. like the last uh-huh. clone and and the last like true blood clone, kind of from from Django, right? Um, mm-hmm. You've already teased that through the Bad Batch. Now, the only reason I could see them not wanting to do it is because they still got a lot of story to tell of her in the Bad Batch series. So they might not want to jump ahead way too far into book Boba Fett and bring her in and like, you know, basically prove that she's still alive. Like there's, there's no harm that has come to her. So, Mm. and, and there might still be a lot to develop in her character and who she is, but I would love to see Omega personally. I would agree. I've seen a lot of people talking about how that I'm I'm sure you've seen the promos of that girl on like the hover Vespa or whatever. A lot of people are saying that might be Omega. I, I yep. doubt it because just from the timeline, I think Omega would be around the same age as Boba at this point, like in their like forties, like thirties, forties. Yep. So I would like to see that, but I'm not like you said. I'm not sure how how likely that is since we we have a whole bunch more story of her in uh, Bad Batch, and then like just the timeline. I'm not sure if it would if it would match up. Uh, but yeah, like I would be down for that. I would be down for uh, hell. Just bring other characters. Like we don't even need to have like them be prominent, but. I mean, I would be okay with Din Djarin showing up for a second. I'd be okay with, like, I don't know, like, with uh, Bo-Katan or with any of the other yeah. characters we got from from uh, Mandalorian showing up. Yep. Like, we, we have Fennec Shand here. Why not have any of the others? Yeah. I know it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, it's never going to happen. I'm not, I know it's just not going to happen. But, you know, Cara Dune, why not? <laughs> or maybe recast, <laughs> her, recast her as someone else why, just for the hell of it. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that thought, too. What do you think, Jan? my um my pick that i've already shared with you ben so i'll, I'll go back to something i read uh last week which was ming na wen said that when they got their script for the first episode of the book of boba fett the episode number was 301 and they were talking about how it is in in some ways a continuation of the last two seasons of the mandalorian it's kind of a side story on that timeline so i'm thinking back to season two a seed that was planted in season two was Ahsoka appears and she is hunting Thrawn. I wouldn't be surprised if Thrawn shows up in some way, e- even if it's sort of like pops up in one episode as not the main story here, but it's just another one of those things for people to scream about at home when they're watching it. Like, I, I think that would be super cool. Yeah, that'd be so cool to see. Like, yeah, Bobby's like, there's some sort of Imperial guy passing through. This blue dude turns up a Moss Esper. And like, all it has to be is, yeah, like one scene. They'll just set Twitter on fire. Totally, totally. Yeah. And then, you know, and and that's another one. Like, who would they get to play him? I say Benedict Cumberbatch, but who am I? I don't know. <laughs> he that, looks wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be bad. That would, that yeah, would be bad. he is, unfortunately, the best 
casting for him, isn't he? Like, <laughs> yeah. you just paint the boy blue, and oh, look, it's right. Thrawn. It's him, it's Thrawn. He, but Although, unfortunately, um, I think he specifically came out and said, like, he would never play that. Now, they could be throw, really? you know, throwing smoke. He came out and said, I'm pretty sure in an article I read that, he's like, I, I don't, I will not be playing that character. I don't know if it was just because he didn't want to be painted blue or what, but, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think there's a better person for it unless actually no there is one and it is the the person who voices him um in, in the uh in the rebel series and i oh it's it's not mickelson but it's um i think he's swedish so it's like a, a swedish name of some kind oh no, yeah no it's uh lars mickelson lars mickelson it is okay lars mickelson would be perfect and he's That's done the second lars we've too. mentioned this episode yeah right That's, That's, oh, wow I, I, if I would have guessed ahead of time, I would have said, we're going to mention zero Larses in this episode. And here we are at two. <laughs> Already <laughs> there. Apparently, yeah, yeah, so he's, he's Matt Mickelson's brother. No like, way. I, I didn't, oh. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that, but that's that's actually really cool. I did that's not really know that they cool. were brothers. Wow. It makes sense now. But yeah, And he's done live action. He, he actually uh, acted alongside Benedict Cumberbatch and Sherlock. Uh, oh, and, nice. and was uh, in season three of Sherlock. So See, it's he's got the chop. full circle. And uh, back to Benedict. <laughs> back to Benedict. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, but that would be really cool to see Thrawn show up. To have even have like the the chance of Ahsoka or even Ezra, because I know everyone and their mother. Like when they when they hear Thrawn, they're like, "Where's Ezra? Where's Sabine? Where?" Yeah, I would I would cry if if Sabine showed up. I would cry like a little girl. <laughs> well, that'd be pretty and awesome. She's been cast. I'm pretty sure. Like we already have the news that she's been cast, so it could happen. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, I've I've heard that rumor as well. I'm not sure if it was confirmed, but I've, but I've heard that yeah. as well. And I'm like, I am. Mm, wow. th- please, please. I want to see some like awesome spray paint murals on like on one yes. of Boba's like wall. Oh yeah, I want to see Boba coming through MOSS, but being like, who the hell painted that? And it's like <laughs> and have a have a crazy mural with like with the rebel uh with like the rebel phoenix on there. I would be so happy. I love that idea. Yeah, that's a great way to introduce her too. Just like graffiti somewhere that eagle eye fans can pick up on mm-hmm. love that I'm, I'm so yeah like that, i remember last episode people were all were getting uh super like excited about the when they swoop gang would do that like the weird symbol that they would spray yeah. they're like what does that mean mm. what is that turns out nothing unfortunately <laughs> nothing yet we'll find yeah, out more yet. well yeah we will see we'll see if it turns out like he ends up starting fights with the wrong people but yeah I, right now un- until further notice nothing yeah exactly <laughs> But let me see here. Uh, let me see if there's what else uh, in the episode. Yeah, so we got... Um, go ahead, Harrison. So something that, uh, Mr. Raction, you've said a couple of times in the comments uh, that you don't like the flashbacks. You don't like uh, how it goes back and forth between the oh, present and then. Um, however, I do have to say, I think you're going to have to live with that, Mr. Action. I don't think that that's going to go away because I think we're going to get every single mystery we have is going to be solved via flashback through this. Everything about how Fennec and Bobus became this team is yep. going to be flashbacks. Presumably, they might all be in that back to tank as well. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I think uh, the, the one thing they need to make sure is just limit how many times they're going back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. And just it's going to have to be like you, you have to transition, and the back to tank so far has been that transitioning mechanism, but. Uh, you know, don't be like we're in the present. Now we're in the past. Now we're in the present. Now we're in the past. No, you, you just one one transition in an episode is probably the as much as it. And maybe we'll get to the point where 
four, five, and six is all about the present. Like we've told the story of the past. Now you know how Maybe. it is inf- impacting, impacting the present, and we're just here in the present now. So it could do yeah. that. I think you're right. I think there might be some sort of perfect storm kind of thing. Of we're going to see all of like the different people that Boba affects through this journey, and then they've got to converge at some point. Because I think like this episode is 100% setting up some time where the Tuscan Raiders are going to come back like in full force, them controlling the Dune Sea is going to be vital to Boba Fett's survival at some point. And I wonder if that is motivated, and that's why we're getting this backstory, is if him becoming the crime lord is motivating him. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let me see. Like, that's actually an interesting uh, thought, Harrison, that they might come back later. Because I, like I said earlier, I think that they're going to be, they're going to reveal a thing where they got wiped out, where there's like, oh, no, mm-hmm. like the Pikes showed up again and they uh, and they were in force and they wiped out the Tuscan Raiders, which would explain why he's like, why he decides to go looking for his armor again and why he's, you know, like, he was like oh, I'm going to leave this behind now. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let that happen to the Tuscans again, or I'm not going to let that happen under my watch, like kind of thing. Uh, right, I'm so willing to bet that it's, it's going to be like a change of heart based off of him being having survivor's remorse. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I kind of, huh. So you think like, like if, if they didn't die, he would just spend the rest of his life peacefully living uh, with the Tuscan Raiders, like Maybe. settle down, have a little kid wrapped up like a mummy. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how Star Wars genetics works, but sure. Harrison, why not? <laughs> like, whatever this like version of the last samurai that you're writing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, and, and that's yeah. where I just think that uh, maybe, uh, maybe one of the motivations that, um, that Boba has right now is to become the crime lords for the benefit of the Tuscan Raiders. Uh, there we go. There we go. Mm. Uh, yeah, that it actually could be kind of a cool thing too. Is that he decides to help out like the people who saved him or who, who like were were uh, good to him. Like, and saying, "All right, I'm going to take over all of Tatooine, and I'm going to make it your home again. I'm going to make it for for the Tuscans." Right. Uh, so, right. Do, doing bad, but for a good noble reason, um, or at least what he thinks is a good noble reason. That's interesting. Right. That that actually got, a really cool spin on it. Yeah. We've got so much to look forward to these next I few know. weeks. It's going to be great. <laughs> what What do we think? Um, what do we think? That's the uh, so personally, I think that the mayor Mukshayiz is going to be like one of the first. Uh, I think. Uh, villains, I guess, or at least complications that he really has to butt heads with. And I'm curious to see how that goes. He's a pretty cool character. Let's see if I can find that again. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I thought that was kind of cool to have uh, have him show up and then like he starts talking in a Thorian and then we have the translator uh, yes. translate for like, that. That was, was a cool little. Really cool. So yeah, or I think that we'll we'll end it here, like with our predictions. What do you think that his role is going to be in this? Because we only we mentioned him in the first episode, we see him in the second, and then he instantly says, "Hey man, don't look at me. I'm not the bad guy. It's it's those guys." Like, I, I, I think he's going to be sort of a, a mentoring type character to Boba Fett, maybe indirectly, because he's he's giving him some hard truths. He's like, "Look, you know, running a family is really complicated and you're starting to see that like he's, he's giving him bits of wisdom from whatever his experience is. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to be pals or that they're going to get along or whatever. Maybe they're going to find some way to have uh, an agreement, but um, it, it seems like maybe he's been there a little while longer and maybe he knows how things work. And so maybe Boba can learn a lot from him, but I do think it's probably going to come head to head at some point. I don't know. That's my guess. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, how about you, uh, Ben? Yeah, I uh, I'm trying to figure out what his part is to play in this whole story, uh, and and it's still kind of up in the air for me. But I think he's just going to be one of a few different uh, 
hurdles along the way for Boba Fett and rising to power. Um, Mokshai sees an opportunity with Jabba leaving. Like he doesn't want it. He didn't like being under the thumb of Jabba. He saw an opportunity with Bib Fortuna because he was kind of a weak leader to get a little bit of a uh, little bit more status than he had as mayor in the past. And mm-hmm. now he sees Boba Fett as a threat to getting that. And so he's, he's a, he's a hurdle or an obstacle along the way for Boba Fett to, to re to get the power that he wants. Cause Mokshaiz is not going to give up without a fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a lot of vibes that he's like, especially since he passed the buck, the, like the second uh, Boba comes up to him and is like, and says, Hey, why'd you hire these guys to kill me? He's like, I, I didn't do that. It's the huts. They're the one. Like, I feel like he's, he's trying to get Boba to take out the huts for him. And then mm-hmm. he's going to try to take control I like of that. most Espa after that. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Uh, how he's about you, Harrison? What do you, think, some... what do you think of this guy? Yeah, I, my thing with him is is purely from that, like, my plot senses are tingling. And I've just, he just feels a bit too confident um, in sort of disrespecting Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I'm concerned that there is someone more powerful behind him that's oh. going to come in. It's going to be that typical, you know, like, He's going to be the connection to Cad Bane or maybe even to Thrawn, someone ex-Empire. And that's why he's not scared of any of these, you know, like Daimyo's or any crime guys trying to come into his patch because he knows there's greater powers. I like that. Great idea. Mm, That'd be really (laughs) cool. All right. All right. The last thing I'm going to say on that is because we got this in in Book of, or not Book of, in Mandalorian, do you think we're going to get any references at all to the uh, First Order? Oh. Hmm. I didn't think as much the first order. I'm just trying to think of the time period and and you know and where we saw uh, Moff Gideon and things like that. So it's it's gonna be. I do think like Harrison, where I liked where you were going. Like there are gonna be some references to the uh, evolving Imperial Army and whatever that is now um, on its way to becoming the first order, right? So could that ha- be the first order, like? actually the first order maybe or or maybe it's like the seedlings that have become the first order but i do hope that there is reference to one of those mm-hmm. like the remnants of the empire the first order something yeah. I, if, if moff gideon were to show up that'd be well i don't know if yeah if he's is he, he might be in, in prison if, yeah i think he's in prison right now but if, <laughs> if another moth maybe or if another like if yeah someone yeah. on his level moth um or maybe a grand admiral thrawn hey, we just keep going back to him <laughs> All right, guys. So, all right, last part is the ratings. We always have to come to this part. So I'll start with, I'll just go around the horn. Uh, Jan, so out of five, what would you rate this episode? Um, I'm give, I'll am give. i give it a 4.5 out of five. And really? I, I, yes. Wow, that's, so that's probably I, our I, highest rating ever on this show. Really? Wow. Well, I, I, I thought it was just about perfect. Um, I think uh, I, I like the length. I like the balance of action, exposition, some backstory, things like that. Um, I think the ability to hit a five, though, I think there's probably got to be a bit more payoff. And I feel like we're still setting a lot of stuff up. But um, I loved it. I thought it was dynamite. Mm-hmm. All right. How about you, Ben? Yeah, my my thought first went to a four out of five on this. Uh, it, there is just too many great surprises with the Pikes, with Black Crescenton and the Huts. And uh, and then the action was great. The story itself with the train heist, loved it all. Um, you know, to me, there was just so much good storytelling in this. The only thing that could really make this a five at the end of the day is is stuff that the episode was not meant for. And that is like the big grand expose that we'll hopefully get in chapter 
eight of this. So mm-hmm. um, to me, that 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 turns to be like for what it's supposed to be and, and the the place it is in this story, a four out of five is exactly what it should be. Nice. All right. Yeah. How about you, Harrison? You know what? Before before we got really excited about a four four point five, I was like, this might be a five out of five. Like, whoa! Because I'm, I'm never I'm never that I'm never that optimistic. And I think like last episode, I was really kind of down. I was coming off of uh, Hawkeye, and I was like, eh, not so great on Hawkeye. And then I had a kind of lackluster first episode. So I was so happy with this episode. It was so action packed. I loved everything in it. So yeah, maybe we'll give this a five out of five. So. Screw it. Let's just go for it. I was awesome. so it. impressed. Wow. Yeah. So that is definitely Harrison's first. That's like his first five. Like he's never given anything a perfect score. <laughs> really? Wow. I'm glad that we were here for it. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd well, I don't know. I may be thinking I should go back because, like, a little thing in my head going, is it better than One Division, though? And I'm like, oh, I don't know if it is. You got a lizard. Whoa, whoa, That's you can't you can't go around starting like oh Star Wars and Marvel shit. Like, nah, that, that's a whole <laughs> different category. You can't. Okay. Okay. You can't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but all right. So I'm going to be, I think I'm going to go with Ben on this one. I'm going to say, yeah, it's a four out of five because, yeah, it had so many awesome scenes. It had so many, like, just great things that, like, between Black Chrysanthemum, the huts, mm-hmm. uh, the train heist, like the pikes, everything was great. The gaffy stick was probably by far my favorite thing. But uh, yeah, just, I think that there could have been a little bit, I don't know, like, they could have focused a little more on the present day. But, uh, and I think that would have probably made it a five for me is that if they had done a little more with what's going on with, with that. But that said, really good episode, solid. It's always, and I can't wait for the next one. I, I'm a, I'm a show for this show. I'm, I absolutely am. Us yeah, too. We're right there with you, man. All right, guys. Uh, I think it's, I think we've talked this, the show or this episode into the ground. I think it's time for us to be, to be wrapping it up. So, uh, first of all, thank you guys, everyone who's listening. Thank you so much for uh, checking us out. Thank you for hanging out this entire time. And, uh, of course, if you guys like our our show, like, subscribe, comment below. Uh, thank you to our guests, Ben and Jan. Uh, do you guys want to uh, plug where, like, what, what your newest episode is, where we can find you, or like anything like that? By all means, please. Go. <laughs> Sure. Um, I'll start. And then Ben, let me know if I miss anything. But yeah. um, so you can find us on Twitter at Starbros Podcast. Um, we, we are the Starbros Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Um, we're on Facebook, too. Uh, we're not quite as active there. But if you look up the Starbros Podcast on Facebook, uh, you can find us and see when our newest episode is out. Um, and then if you want to send us an email, uh, you can you can you can shoot us a note at the Starbros podcast at gmail.com and we always love getting those messages so if you have an idea of like hey you guys should cover this or did you think about that about the book of boba fett or whatever you know we love getting those messages so don't hesitate to reach out ben miss anything no i think you got it all and yeah, if you want to check out any of our episodes on 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 the podcast you can see it on uh, uh wherever you get your podcasts or on youtube on the bro axiom channel um right. and other than that yeah we're 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 excited to have been invited onto your show and and have been guests here. So thank you so much for help, helping us and and getting our word out. And we'll definitely try to do the same for you guys and and share share more about yours because this was yeah, a lot Har- of fun. Harrison Gilbert, you guys are awesome. We're very very grateful to have been on with you. So yeah. thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you, absolutely, guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a great time. Yeah, you guys have like it's always fun bringing new guests on because they always have like a point of view that we don't that we wouldn't think of thought of. Like me and Harrison would have been able to go for an hour and a half, but we wouldn't have talked about nearly the, the crazy stuff that you guys brought up. <laughs> and I'm I am so appreciative of that. 
uh harrison uh you got any plugs yourself anything you want to you want to let people know about any audio comics or anything uh, so nothing else outside of this channel, just uh, we've got lots of things happening on the channel, so I'm quite busy with this, uh, mostly on the um, audiobooks. So we have uh, an audiobook uh, with the Star Wars The Mandalorian Armor, so one of the first Boba Fett books from 1998. That's going up, that's on Wednesdays, when the episodes of the Book of Boba Fett come out, so there's little companion pieces for them. And then on Thursdays, we are finishing off uh, the audiobook of Resident Evil The City of the Dead, which is uh, the wow. book adaptation of Resident Evil 2. Super cool. So yeah, anyone right. just keep an eye on the uh, the YouTube channel for those. Very cool. Yeah, and Harrison, your your uh, Boba book uh, audiobook has probably been like the most one of the most popular things we've ever done. I'm, and I'm for no small part because your freaking impressions are awesome. <laughs> I'm excited to check that out. That sounds really yes. cool. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had a little. I had a little issue, so I I, I try and make these as fast as I can. So that I can fit them in and get them out, um, and it does mean that sometimes I'm just reading blind, and I'll just pick a voice for a character, <laughs> and like I picked a voice at random for some dude who I then like eight pages later learned was a giant space spider, and in he sounded like Keanu Reeves in Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> like he's going, "Oh, Bubba Fett, welcome to my web, sir." <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's exactly what I was talking about. Is that like, and we got oh, a comment on it. there too about like the surfer dude in Star I Wars. Love it. I have to check that out now. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> but yeah, guys, if you want to, but yeah, if you want to check that out, then uh, I'm pretty sure that there'll be at the end of this, I'll put like a, a one of the you know links or one of the hyper links or whatever. you you know what I'm talking about, like that end uh, the end card thing on there. Yes, so you guys magic. can go check it out. <laughs> yeah, YouTube magic, and uh, yeah, like I said, like, subscribe, comment below if you guys want to follow us. Follow us on Twitter. Follow our absolutely go and follow the Star Bros podcast because they are awesome guys and go listen to that because those episodes are funny as hell. <laughs> thank you guys. And thank you. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Mr. Action. It was nice meeting you guys too. Yeah. Always All right, guys. But yeah. but yeah, I have been Gilbert. This has been Harrison. We have Ben and Jan here, and this has been the Folk Entertainment Podcast. We will see you guys later. <laughs>